Please turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 8. We're going to read John chapter 8, starting at verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. We love to be free. We are blessed here in Canada that we can come and gather here on Sunday mornings together and worship our great God. We are free to have families. We are, are free to do what we would like on our evenings or weekends. Um, this certainly isn't true for many places in the world today. And it hasn't been true for for many people, many moments throughout history. The summer after I graduated high school, I ended up doing a missions trip to Poland with my dad. And while we were there, my dad and I were able to visit the concentration camp Majdanek. And it was one of the largest concentration camps Um, And it was the best preserved. And it was a really heavy experience to see the buildings, to hear about the atrocities that happened there, where so many Jews were, were gathered up, captured, sent to this place with no chance for escape and wiped out. And when we hear about moments like those in, in history, we are thankful for the freedom that we have. We can't imagine being captives or or slaves. We love to be free. But our passage this morning gets us to think about freedom a little differently. It gets us to think about spiritual freedom versus bondage. Because for many today, what they think is freedom has become the ability to do whatever their hearts desire. We want the freedom to do what we want with our bodies. We want to be free from social restraints. We want freedom to do what we believe is true, to live out our truth. We want the freedom to indulge in all of our desires. If we see something, we want it, go for it. Even if it means doing something that, doing something that the one true God of the universe has declared to be evil, well, just just go for it. That's our truth. That's what we want. That's what we are free to do. 
But Jesus tells us that the freedom that we think we have to do whatever our heart desires, that's not actually freedom. In fact, that's slavery. We might think we we have the freedom to do whatever we want, but that's not freedom. That's slavery to our sin. But we have amazing hope that we see in our passage because Jesus tells us that we can be free indeed. Look at verses 31 and 32 again with me from John chapter 8. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. As we come to these verses in John chapter 8, Jesus had been having several conversations with with Jews and with the, the Pharisees. A couple weeks ago, we looked at John chapter 3, where we saw Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee. Right? The, the Pharisees were experts of the law. They were scribes. They had much of God's word memorized, and they, they knew all the commands. They even pledged in front of others to follow God's law, to follow God's commands perfectly. But that encounter with with Nicodemus and Jesus was was mostly pleasant. But as we get to chapters 7 and 8, they weren't so pleasant. Jesus, he he goes to Galilee and ends up attending uh, the festival of the booths that was going on at that time. And throughout that time, as he's walking around in public, he has several discussions with the Jewish people, but also with the Pharisees. And Jesus makes some very big statements throughout chapters 7 and 8. He says things like to the Pharisees like, none of you keeps the law. To the Pharisees who made it their goal to keep the law, that would have stung. He said that God the Father had sent him. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus said to the Jews and to the Pharisees that they will die in their sins unless they believe in him. Those are some very big statements. And the the Pharisees did not like those statements very much. Many times throughout chapter 7 and 8, we see that they were trying to arrest Jesus or kill Jesus. Then as we get to verses 30 and 31, we see something interesting. We see in verse 30 that as Jesus was saying some of these major things about himself, many believed in him. And then again in verse 31, Jesus spoke to those specifically who had believed in him. At first glance, we look at that and we think, man, the Pharisees are getting it. The the Jewish people, they are getting it. Their hearts are softening. They're truly coming to Jesus and believing in him. But very quickly, as we go throughout our passage, we see that this isn't the case. Jesus says to those who had believed in him, who had this this moment, this claim of, of believing in him, if you abide in my word, if you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In essence, Jesus is saying 
to them, okay, you claim to believe in me, but only those who continue to hold on to my teachings, to my words, are my disciples. If you hold on to the words that I say, if you continue to live them out, to walk in them, then you will prove that you truly believe in me. I like how one commentator paraphrases Jesus here. He says, in effect, Jesus says, like what I, let what I say control your every action, and you will show that you really are my disciples. I like that. Let, Jesus tells us the Jews and tells us as well, let what I say control your every action. Let my words, my teachings, be the things that you live for. Let my words be the, things that, the thing that drives your actions, your words, your thoughts. Let my words, who I am, be the thing that drives your loves. And if you do that, you will show that you are truly my disciples. And then you will be set free. The truth of me, the truth of my words, will set you free. Normally we can look at this and think, okay, well, Jesus is telling us that if we abide in him, if we leave, live out what he says, then we're free. But we can think like, okay, well, that's, that's not freedom. That's being chained to what Jesus says. Is that really freedom if we're living how Jesus tells us to live instead of how we really want to live. We may not see that as freedom. But Jesus tells us that those who abide in him, abide in his word, that's what is good. That's what is true. That's what's actually worth pursuing because it will lead to true freedom. And we get faced with this question just like the Jews who had for a moment claimed to believe in him get faced with this question. Are we abiding in Jesus' words? Are we letting Jesus' words control all of our actions? Are we truly free? Or are we letting what we want, what we want to say, what we want to do, control our actions? And for these Jews who just had, who had this moment of claiming to believe in Jesus, we very quickly see that they have a problem. They have a, a problem, and this is also our problem before saving faith in Jesus. Look at verse 33 with me. And they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free you will become free Cassandra and I have an electric fireplace in our basement and uh, a couple years ago I discovered that the remote for our electric fireplace was broken and the fireplace is, is embedded in this uh, shiplap frame so we can't just easily access it so we need this remote and they, in order to be able to turn it on turn it off and while I, I discovered it was broken, I tried putting new, new batteries in to see if that worked. I tried pressing all different buttons on the remote, holding certain buttons down. I tried unplugging the fireplace and plugging it back in, but nothing worked. It was broken. 
So I ended up calling the, the company of the, the brand of this fireplace in order to order a new remote. And I, I got in contact with a lady and I explained my, my situation, explained how the remote was broken. And then for the next 20 minutes, this lady got me to do step after step to try and see if my current remote will actually work. She tried to get me to put new batteries in. She tried to get me to hold certain buttons down on the remote. She tried to get me to unplug the fireplace and then 30 seconds later, plug it back in. And the whole time as she was trying to get me to do these steps, I was, I was thinking, you know, this, this doesn't apply to me. I already tried all these steps. This doesn't apply to me. These instructions aren't for me. They are not needed. I can imagine the Jews thinking the same thing as Jesus tells them that only if they abide in his words will they be set free. They were thinking, oh, okay, Jesus, uh, sounds good. The, the truth of you will set us free, but that doesn't apply to us. That doesn't apply to us. We don't need to get set free. We read in verse 33, they say to Jesus, look, we've never been enslaved to anyone. We're good. We don't, need to get, we don't need to get set free. So what are you talking about here? Because you know, we are Jews. We are children of God. We are descendants of Abraham. We get all the covenantal blessings that come from, from being Jews. They think that they are set. They think, okay, we're, we're set. We already have the truth. So we don't need to get set free from anything. We're not in bondage, Jesus. This just does not apply to us. They did not think that they were slaves to sin. They did not think that they needed to get saved from something. But it wasn't just the, the Jews in their encounter with Jesus that felt this way. This is true for us today. Many don't think that they are in bondage to anything. Right? This doesn't apply to me. I'm not a slave to anything. I make my own decisions. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. I follow my heart. I follow what I believe to be true. The things I do, I do because I want to do them. I'm not in bondage to anything, anyone. I'm in control. But that's not what Jesus tells us. In verse 34, we get to our truly, truly statement from Jesus. As we've been looking at in our summer series so far, when we come to these truly, truly statements of Jesus, this means that here Jesus is adding emphasis. He's saying, look, this is of the utmost truth what I'm about to say. This is absolutely true. Look at verse 34 with me. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus tells us it is absolutely true that anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Unless you walk with Jesus, abide with him, continue to live out how Jesus has called you to live. If you don't have Jesus, you are a slave to sin. You are in bondage 
to sin. If Jesus hasn't transformed your life, if Jesus doesn't control your actions, you are a slave to your sin. Whether we like to admit it or not, apart from Christ, we are all in bondage. You might think that you're not in bondage to anything, that you are in control, that the things you do because you, you do because you want to do them, the desires you give into because it's your choice, the way that you want to live. But in reality, you are not free. You are not in control. Sin is controlling you and telling you to give in, and you do. This makes me think of the old uh, Ben-Hur movie, where he, during the, the, the time of, of Jesus, biblical times, he ended up becoming a slave and was sent to a ship, and then down below, um, him and all the other slaves were, were chained to their seats, and they were to row for the ship. And they would have someone drumming, a beat of the drum. And when the drummer would, would beat the drum, that's when the slaves had to row. When the person drummed, they rowed. The freedom to follow your heart's desire isn't freedom, that's slavery. We row to the beat that sin tells us to. You can't escape on your own by your own strength. You can't defeat it. This was true for the Jews and this is true for us. In fact, later in our passage, in verse 38 and then also in verse 44, Jesus tells the Jews, look, God is not your father. The devil is your father. You are in bondage to sin and to Satan. You might have had a moment of claiming to believe in me, but you don't abide in me. The devil is your father. And when Jesus says the words, those who practice sin, we get the idea that this is a regular act of giving in to our sinful desires. Right? Ongoing, regularly giving in to what we want. Regularly disregarding God in his ways, thinking we know better than God's ways. Regularly thinking what we want is more worth it, more important, more valuable to us than how God would have us live. We see this in Romans 6, when Paul, and, and Paul warns us against this in Romans 6, verse 12. He says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Right? Let not sin reign in your body, making us obey its passions. When sin reigns, when we are obeying our passions, when we're continuing in, in it regularly, this shows that we do not abide in the words of Jesus. This shows that the, the truth of Jesus has not set us free. We know that as believers, we, we are going to struggle with sin. We, we do still sin. But there's a big difference between struggling with sin, fighting sin through Christ in us, compared to practicing sin regularly. Right, a big difference between struggling with sin, repenting of it, turning it over to Christ, compared to obeying sin's desires and watching it control us. Those who practice sin are slaves 
to sin. The words of Jesus don't control their actions, their sin does. They have not yet been set free. But there's hope. That doesn't have to be you anymore. Jesus tells us this amazing promise in verse 36 of John chapter 8. Jesus tells the Jews, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. If you truly know Jesus, if you have trusted in him for salvation, if you abide in him, you will be set free from your slavery to sin. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Sin will no longer be your captain. Satan is not your father anymore. You will have true freedom because you don't have to give in to sin. You don't have to give in to your every heart's desire. Whereas before you were set free from Christ, you were either unaware of your bondage or okay with that bondage and wanting to continue to give in to it. But now in Christ, you know what you were before and you know now that you have true freedom in Christ. I love how Paul phrases it in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. He says this, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So that is, that's us in bondage to sin. But Paul does not stop there. Look at verse 11. I'll read verse 11. And such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Okay, that was once some of you. That was, that was once us. Once we were in unrighteousness. Once we were sexually immoral idolaters. But in Christ, we are set free. In Christ, we are washed, sanctified, justified. In Christ, God looks at us and sees our sins as forgiven and declares us to be innocent in his eyes. In Christ, we grow closer and closer to Jesus and further and further from sin. We are free to follow, to choose to follow Jesus, free to fight sin in our lives. Carter and uh, Redberg, in their commentary on John, say this. Real freedom is the ability to say no to the fleeting pleasures of sin and to hold out for the fulfilling joy that comes in Christ. Real freedom is not doing whatever we might want to do. That's not real freedom. But real freedom is the ability through Christ to say no to the pleasures of sin. We have the freedom to say no to sin. That's that's amazing. That's freedom indeed. 
And because we have this freedom to say no to sin through Christ in us, this is something that as believers we strive towards. This is something we, we fight for through Jesus living in us. We fight against allowing sin to reign in us, fight against practicing sin, continuing in sin. If you are in Jesus, there, there might be a sin that you are, or, or several sins that you are struggling with right now. And it might be weighing on you, and, and the temptations to give into this might not be going away. And it's getting really hard to fight it. It might seem like this sin is, is getting victory over you. But we have hope because we are free indeed through Jesus. Through his power in us, through the Holy Spirit guiding us, we can say no to sin. This sin doesn't have to control you anymore. It's not in charge. It's not your captain. Tim Challies is a, a pastor in the States, and he has this website where he often writes, uh, he'll write blog posts and articles regularly on this website. And several years ago, he wrote this really great article where he was talking about how when he was younger, when he was a younger believer, he really enjoyed hanging out with or spending time with older, mature believers and older men, older, mature men. Because he wanted to, to imitate them. He wanted to see how they walked with Christ. He wanted to see how they pursued holiness, how they fought against sin in their lives. But he also said that there was times where he would be spending time with some of these, with some of these older men in his life, and he would hear them talk about their sin, sin and it really discouraged him. He said there was times where he would hear them talk about their sin as a constant trial, not with a, a brokenness, but with like a wink-wink, nudge-nudge kind of attitude and say things like, I'm only human, you know, or I may be 50, but I'm still a man. And that was really discouraging for him to hear. And it made him think, okay, is this what I have to resign myself to? Can I expect no real progress in fighting sin, especially as I, as mature in Christ, as I mature in Christ, as I get older? But he said he came to realize something through meditating on God's word, that God would not tell us to do something in his word that we cannot actually do. That it is actually possible to live without the constant um, sin and guilt of, of a wandering eye or a daydreaming mind. We can be far holier, far purer than we ever thought possible. And that's because Jesus has set you free. Jesus has set you free. You are free indeed. We don't have to go back to life like we were in bondage. Jesus is our master. We can we can be far holier than we ever thought possible. Don't lose hope when you are struggling with a sin. Don't lose hope thinking there's no way that you can ever have victory over this sin. That there's no point of fighting it because you're just going to fall back into it and you'll have even more shame, even more guilt, like this never-ending cycle. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. It is possible to fight sin because of Jesus living in us. 
It is possible to say no to the desires of our heart. Know this. Believe this. Join your belief that Jesus can help you overcome this sin with the, 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 the work, the hard work to fight this sin. Be strategic. Fight it. Work hard at it. Flee from sin. It might take a lot of time. It might take quite a few people in your life who are helping you with this fight. And when we, when we do mess up because we know we will, God's grace will lift us up and help us to move forward. It will always be a struggle, but we know that we can be through Christ in us because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. We can be holier than we ever thought possible. And we know that one day, when the Lord returns, the struggle will end. One day there will be no more sin, no more tears, no more pain. That freedom is possible through Jesus Christ. Do you want this freedom? Right now you might not see walking with Jesus as freedom. That feels like being chained down, restricted. What if I really just want to have some, a little fun over the weekend? What if I want to let my eyes wander a little bit? What if I want to lie to get out of tough situations? I want the freedom to do those things because that makes me happy. I want to choose where I go, what I do, what I say. But that's not freedom. That's slavery to your sin. But Jesus died for you, sacrificed himself for you, triumphed over sin, over Satan, took your sins and put them on himself so that you don't have to be a slave to your sin anymore. To follow the words of Jesus, those are the words that lead to life. To follow the words of Jesus, that's what brings, to, brings ultimate fulfillment, the ultimate happiness. It may mean denying what you want, and that might be really hard, but it is so worth it. Through Christ, you have the freedom to say no to sin. And what freedom that is. You can have this. Trust in Jesus today. Turn to him, believe in him, and if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have won the victory through your son, Jesus, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to conquer sin, to conquer death. That through Jesus we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That if Jesus sets us free, we are free indeed. If there are any here this morning that are in bondage to their sin, Lord, open their eyes to see it. Help them, Lord, to turn to your son, Jesus. Lord, because your son, Jesus, has set us free, help us to fight sin. If we are in Christ, help us to fight sin. Help us to not let it reign in us. Thank you for the promise that you give us that we can fight these sins 
Thank you for the strength that we have in Jesus, for the freedom we have in Jesus, that we have been freed from the bondage of sin and Satan. Thank you for your goodness to us and for your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.